Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the award-winning Orange Zone podcast. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you want to listen. You can also find every episode on our Orange Zone YouTube page. I'm Tommy Sladek. This is Samantha Cross, and we have James Mungro back in studio, and we have Brendan Hodges on the producer, Mike. Now, new episodes are released Wednesday. We invite you to like, comment, subscribe, and also be sure to follow us on our all-new Instagram and TikTok page, for even more Orange Zone content. On today's episode, it's the bye week, which is a breather for not just the team, it's a breather for us. We have a lot to get off our chest. We're recapping the FSU game. We're taking a look at the season as a whole. Do we have to recap the FSU game? We have to. It is a And we're coming to you first. We're coming to you first. We're looking ahead to this backstretch of the season. Can this season, where will this team go? There's a lot to get to on here, but James is back. Super Bowl champion James Mungro is back. You were sick, and we're happy to have you back. How are you feeling, dude? I'm feeling really good. Uh, thank you for having me back. Uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, I was down. Uh, kind of glad I didn't show my face at all either. Uh-huh. I think you would have had a lot to say <laughs> yeah, during that period yeah, I, of time, but you still do now. Yeah, I really, I really do. Um, FSU. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. what are your old. What now that you've had some time to digest this? Digest Saturday. Okay. How do you how do you how do feel, I about, feel about that? Okay. How do you feel let's, about let's it? Go. Yeah, uh, it's like a therapy session. I saw two positive things happen in that game. The running back ran very hard, mm-hmm. and our penalties were we had two for eight in penalties. That was the positive about FSU versus Syracuse. That's all I can really say. Everything else was totally toilet bowl, um, unacceptable football, worst football I've ever seen in a long time. Um, it's it's just it's it's sad to see the players. Uh, have so much energy in the very beginning of the season, and then right where everything is on the line, you just go out there and it, it, it's. I mean, it's a very familiar and similar song and dance all over again, just another year. Um, unfortunately, we put all of our attention on the quarterback. So if the quarterback plays bad or has a terrible game, everything is bad. And you know, when you're playing a good defense uh, like FSU, one of the best teams in the country you got to play your A game, and we played an F game. So, uh, you know, the, the boys have to really go back, and, and coaches got to look themselves in the mirror and say, where do we go from here? Because right now it's not looking too good. I'll say this. The season can go two different ways, maybe even three or four different ways, but there's only one or two ways that's going to make this fan base happy. And, win. And win. And Just well, Win. Just all we gotta do is win. I'm see. I'm getting excited now. Oh, I thought all you mean. I thought you meant W H E N. And I was like, I mean, right now, dude. I, I don't. We, we have to win. Syracuse has to win to have the yeah. fan base, the alumni, the support that they want. They build all this beautiful stuff up there. 
for the for uh, the facility, brand new facility. They're building. They're in construction right now. Are we going to still have the same coach here when the stuff is all built? Are we going to get more players coming in here? Right now, nobody wants to come to Syracuse. Why would you come to Syracuse? Depends on what win they hit. Depends on six. It depends on if it's seven. It depends on if it's eight. It depends on if it's nine. It depends on if it's five. All of those are possibilities. And how this next stretch goes down here, guys, is going to dictate a lot when it comes to what this program is, who this program is next year. Sam? I mean, I agree with that because, listen, I think that everybody sort of knew heading into this stretch of three games that it was not going to be easy. It was going to be very difficult. I think that the reason why fans are as upset as they are, and especially you as an alumni and somebody who used to play for the team, is because I think people expected for them to put up a better effort Yes. in the last three games. Is that fair to say? 100%. On, on national television, while everybody is watching, those kinds of situations. You would have thought that, that there would have been more fight, a little bit more competitive. And I will say, I know this is going to sound crazy, but out of the last three games, I actually almost felt like that first quarter against FSU was one of the best ones out of all three games. You, re- you really yes, felt yes, like, yes. okay, this is kind of the juice that we've been waiting around for. This is what we've been waiting to see. I'll say another thing that I think could be controversial. I know that the defense let up 41 points. I actually still thought that they played somewhat of a good game. Like Completely there was, agree with you. Like there really were some, some plays and some moments where I thought this defense is good enough to win games. This offense isn't. To me, it is far more concerning that Syracuse only puts up three points against FSU than that they give up 41. 17 of those happened in the fourth quarter, too. It yeah. was it was a – the score did not dictate what happened there, and you might look at it and say – some of this said 17 be, points happened in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah. I, I didn't see that part. Okay. I, what time, what time <laughs> did you stop? And I think I probably already know it. Because the moment that really, really rubbed this fan base the wrong way – Third quarter, they're down twenty-four to three. It's their best drive in what felt like all you know two hours of that afternoon, and they opt to kick it instead of go for it on I believe a fourth and six. They miss a field goal. It was initially that's, yeah, that's, that was that that's was playing yes. not that's playing not to lose or playing just to not. I don't know what that was. You yeah, were already why, down. What, what would be like? I'm, I am I don't curious. Like, I don't in, get that in, one by him. In your eyes, it, like what three would be points, the reason for three that? Three points ain't giving you nothing when you're getting blown. That would around. still make it a three-score game. <laughs> so what? What is the re? Like why even do that? Why? What's the this actual is, rationale behind that? That's something the head coach had to answer. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the decision he made at the time, and uh, that's something that he has to answer. I don't know why. Uh, a lot of people don't know why, but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's when I uh, got into my vehicle and I drove home. Got into my vehicle. <laughs> Where were you watching at? Speaking of, but we got to get back to is there's been some people waiting on it. So last time James was on was heading into the Clemson game, and the big point of contention was how and when he'd be able to watch the game after his son's <laughs> soccer game in Auburn. Did they win that game? Uh, and where did you go? Yes. Um, my son's soccer team crushed Auburn. Uh, Auburn's team was uh, – they're on a bad year this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, – and watching the game, uh, at the game, on my phone, me and another gentleman. And, uh, you know, that game was – it was just a – you know. <laughs> it was the same, same feel. The same, the, the same feeling uh, again. But, um, yeah, son's team won, so that was good. And then, uh, unfortunately, um, Syracuse got crushed by Clemson. That evening, uh, my wife's friends uh, uh, were in town for homecoming, and uh, I ended up meeting them out later that evening. Uh, I ended up going up to Syracuse, up on the campus, and uh, 
I think that's where I got sick at. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and uh, that's why I was out for two weeks. <laughs> Statistically, it makes sense, right? And, and you know, I shouldn't have won out after a loss, and uh, I did anyways. And I really wasn't really up to you know being around fans and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know, I had to show my face and uh, uh, see some people I haven't seen in a long time up at the queues, and uh, it was a good time. But um, you know, I ended up getting sick, so that you know, I'm superstitious already. She told me I should have kept my butt home and. Uh, but either way, you know, again, Syracuse, they really have to figure something out because every year it's the same thing. And, you know, everyone's getting sick of it. I mean, they're getting sick of it. I mean, when you win, people are following you. People are all, all about it. You know, I had players go down to New York to watch the, the Pittsburgh game. Am I going to spend that money now to go to New York City? I mean, I'm not going to do that. Or the bowl game against Minnesota, you mean? No, I'm talking about the uh, Pittsburgh game this week. Uh, oh, in, a couple in November, weeks, they're, okay. They're, they're playing in Pittsburgh, you know, down in New York City. It'd be a great time to go down there with your family and stuff yeah. like that. But, I mean, I want to watch a, a good game. I'm not going to spend all that money just watching. That's what they got, got to think about. You know, the dome is half empty. You know, people's not showing up to the dome. Um, you're playing these big quality, high quality teams. You go to a university, Division One school, to play on national TV. I mean, that's what you do. That's the whole goal. You're in high school, then you go to university. You want to be in a high, you know, um, everybody's watching. The, the the fans are around. You have, you have that support, and then you come here and you you play, and it's just you win your first few games. You're all hyped up, but that's false enthusiasm. You're not playing good teams, and so when you play the really good teams, it shows. And it shows how far we are from being a good team when we are very far off from being a good team. I mean, when I say far off, a couple years. I mean, we put the emotions out there, but there's numbers to back up these emotions. I'm going to bring in our numbers guy. I'm going to bring in Brendan. Brendan, you've been looking at the numbers. What are the numbers that stand out to you that help explain the emotion this fan base is feeling right now? Uh, well, the big one that I have here uh, and that you guys actually have in front of you is the just the point differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it all, like, point differential only means so much to a fan base because it, the name of the game is score more points to your opponent. And it's like, yeah, but what were the numbers inside of that? But, and we had talked about this, soft early schedule for Syracuse, as it has been for quite a while now, outscoring the opponents 177-43. to 43. SU, top five offense in the country. That was the big thing that a lot of people were talking about, right? But then you get into the meat grinder. ACC schedule. And this was a harder ACC schedule than last year when we started this podcast, by far. You had uh, Louisville in week one last year. North Carolina State, I think, was the second ACC game that SU played, and that was a couple months later. 112 to 24 going the other way. Now, whether that's coaching decisions or just lack of execution from players is up to the eyes of the beholder um they just haven't played well the defense i think has been as good as they can be against some of these teams in clemson they made plays when they had to make plays the offense just couldn't score north carolina was just a what can go wrong will go wrong and at florida state they they ran out of the gas and by the time that it really got out of hand and you were up in the 30 40 range you didn't have a lot of those names and faces you're used to seeing out there playing in that game but i think it does speak to like when you said false enthusiasm that makes sense to me when you see these numbers this number matters because you mentioned it i think in these games where you're going against such tough competition you can tell how far away is syracuse from being a great team or a very good team. And you do see that they're being outscored 112 to 24 by the last ACC opponents. Brennan said it. That's a big difference right there. And granted, the other stat, Brennan wrote this down that I think is important, 
is that SU's first three conference opponents have a combined record of 16-2, and 9-2 in the ACC. I mean, these are big dogs, really good teams. The rest of the conference schedule's combined record is 14-17, and 6-9 and in the ACC. So the competition does soften up a little bit to that extent. And like Tommy said, now it is a matter of thinking about, okay, the bye week coming at the perfect time. And what is the rest of this season going to be? That really is up to the Syracuse squad. And bouncing off of that, you go a little bit deeper on those numbers and look at the ESPN metrics. And what they have is a, um, you know, really a strength of schedule metric. And ESPN believes Syracuse is the easiest in the Power Five. Yes. That's left. And that's the, you know, that's the big question I think some people are trying to figure out and judge right now is they just went through the gauntlet and everyone knows that. Do I think Florida State and UNC are two teams that are still that want either? I still see either of them making the college football playoff. Honestly, yes, Florida State has the edge, but like UNC is a very good team, and it's the question of. I, I think I wrongly used the word. I wanted to see more fight. I think the fight has always been there because if there's no fight, then it's just you, you don't get that feeling of that they're even going to compete. Looking at the LaQuinn Allens, looking at the defense, there's fight there. It's the execution Part of, it, of yes. the game plan that's just been, you know, horrendous, uh, bad. <laughs> and it, and to, and to me, you mentioned Garrett Schrader, kind of right, you know, living or dying by yes. the way he's playing. It has not been the same since he took that hit in the Clemson game. It has not been the same. And and read into that for whatever you want, but like it's just. There's been two different quarterbacks there, and I'm hoping get, this. Yeah. I'm hoping this week helps him. Well, the thing about it is, he's a tough guy. He's a very tough. Very. Kid. I'll, I'll give that to him. He's tough, um, but he puts too much on his shoulders, and the coaches put too much on his shoulders. Um, they have weapons. They can't get the ball to the weapons, you know. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, execution. If the offensive lineman can't hold uh, the defense back, then it's hard to throw the ball. So, therefore, that's where Schrader goes to Schrader and does, like, for example, early on in the season, I said to you, oh, he's doing it against these, you know, these lesser components running on him and stuff like that and doing different things and making moves and all of that. Well, a lot of those kids were non-athletic kids. <laughs> now you're going to go down to Florida State, North Carolina, and play Clemson. These gentlemen, are, these are athletes. These let's, are go athletes. With, let's go with athletes and super athletes. How about that? You got a point there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 End of the day, yeah. still D one. I got to yes. respect yeah. that. I still, yes. I think top one percent is what we got to go with there because th- those NFL <laughs> I mean, guys Keon are Coleman. littering. You the, saw oh that. Oh my catch. god. Yes. The, the, I mean, you, you, put them on the birds. That's that's <laughs> put them on the birds. <laughs> I mean, that's it, it's just amazing to to see when you go to school, go to college, pick a school out how you're very competitive mm-hmm. and you want to be the best school. You're like, oh, this school, you believe in this school and all that type of stuff. Do the kids really believe in themselves right now? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Do the kids believe, do the coaches believe in the, believe in the, believe in the kids, the system? Because right now it's like, this is, I mean, they should have at least got one game. I was hoping they can get one out of three at, at the gauntlet. And, you know, they did completely opposite of what I thought they would do. I, I thought their energy was very good early in the season. But now, like you said, where, where do they go from now? You know what I'm saying? And uh, we have the easiest schedule uh, left. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's, it's still going to be tough. And then and on, on top of that, too, as well, you got these other teams now that are feeding off of this. Mm-hmm. Made, made them even hungrier. Oh, we could definitely hang out with this team. So That's, that's, that's definitely that's, true. Yeah, so all these, all, all these that. teams that we have left, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Wake Forest, they all believe they could beat Syracuse. Why wouldn't they? 
And Dino Babers was giving them bulletin board material. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys saw that after his post game in uh, from Florida State. You know, someone asked him. I believe it was Emily Liker, Syracuse.com, asked him about the what's going to change with the offense. How do you how do you change? And he's like, what's going to change is the opposing defenses. So he very much put that on. He's like, you're not going to be seeing the bigger guys on the D-line that are just getting their hands up there without jumping to a receiver that would have been open. You can say that all you want, but from what we saw, I didn't see any type of execution that even had that that just a an inkling that there were going to be competitive, these offense, this like offense it, in the past few weeks. The word that comes to mind for me to describe – this offense over the last three games, but especially against FSU, would just be stale. Yeah, it really, Ooh. it was really just stale. A stale piece of bread, musty, <laughs> crusty, dusty. It was just, it felt like, and it, and again, we we have talked about this a lot, even just offline. Just what what this what actually is the ceiling of this offense, and are we actually seeing it? And I think the answer to that is no. I think that there's a lot of potential there that we're just not actually seeing in the games. However, I mean, you have to you have to figure out a way. Listen, LaQuinn Allen, like you said, that was one of the bright spots. I thought he did a really nice job. But, again, it's tough. We, we talk about one thing that does occur every year, and that is injuries. And I know that you can't look back, but it bums me out, like, thinking about what the ceiling could have been if Gaston was still around and things like that. And if, I know it's a new – I know it's a different situation. Even if Gaston played against Florida State, yes, I think he – again, you have to get the ball to him. You have to get the ball to him. And – Possibly handoff or throwing the ball. I mean, we threw the ball nine times, I think. Uh, Schrader threw nine, uh, completed nine b- balls out of 20 or something like that. I'll double check that uh, right now. Other, but, I yeah. mean, we only had, what, 10 completions, I think, or 11 completions the whole game. <laughs> a whole NFL, uh, NFL, a whole college game, 10 completions. That's unheard of. I'm not going to lie either. With Gadsden being a guy who would want to work over the middle as that like wide receiver tight end hybrid, have you seen Syracuse throw the ball over the middle at, with any sort of consistency? And even if you do, you're seeing guys get you're, you're going to see guys get lit up, and he may be right. I, where have, he I is don't right even now. think we've tried the middle of the field. That's I don't think I'm, he has time to even get to the middle of the field. I don't know, and, and maybe I think that's more just playing it safe and not risking interceptions. But um, yeah, so you have Trader went nine for twenty one. Nine for 21, 99 yards, no interceptions. But it's just – it's a far cry from – it just felt like the offense could do whatever they wanted during those first four games. But, same to, to bring up a point, then we'll move on and hit up hit this stock up, stock down that Brendan has here for us. It, it does date back to what is the ceiling? Can they reach their ceiling? And the ceiling, to me, can happen with that roster that showed up in week one. But it goes back to the depth issues. It goes back to Florida State had guys out. And guess what? The ones that plugged in, you would never know if they were the starter no. or not. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Syracuse, you know and you feel it. And yes. you feel it year in and year out when those guys go down. You look at the offense, end of the day, it's no, it's not just Gadsden. It's no Isaiah, or Isaiah Jones has been somewhat there. He's kind of one of those players hinted that could be coming back and, and really playing. And gosh, do they need him? Trevor Pena. Not there. Yeah. On the line, Kalen Ellis, Joe Moore, David Wallball, like guys that have just really not been a part of that original unit. And the original unit can hit that ceiling. It's just a matter of can we see a Syracuse team hit that next level with the injuries that are going to happen year in and year out. Right. And I, I, I really think 
the problem and part of the reason why there is this frustration amongst the fan base that has sort of existed for a while. This is this is pent up frustration. This it isn't really like is. week one fr- frustration. <laughs> I can't tell with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do think the reason for that in part is because so many of the issues that we talk about that need to be changed, we're not talking about it's it's big macro issues that exist not only week in and week out, but kind of year in and year out. It's it's injuries, it's depth, it's recruiting, it's big picture topics that are not just going to be fixed by changing one little thing. It seems like there needs to be some kind of a big overhaul to truly get to that next level. Most of the time, and ever since I've been here, in my head I always thought, the Syracuse football team is a good team, but I, I wonder what it would take for them to become a great team. And after these last three games, I think that the the difference between good and great and what it's going to take to get there is actually a little bit bigger than I initially thought. You know something, too, as well? And, you know, there's a lot of people out here wondering, like, you know, how people practice and stuff like that. With sports and football, your offense or defense is put in in the summertime. You you you. you, you Fix all the little mistakes and everything in the summertime. Your game plan is in the summer. Like, your, your game plan and everything you practice is all in the summer. So by the first week, you're up and going, and you're making adjustments. These are bigger adjustments that Syracuse has right now that is going to take more than a few, few uh, one week. One week is not going to clean everything up by no means. It could fix a couple, couple things, but they need more time. Unfortunately, need more time, and I don't know how they, what they do in the summertime for practice and stuff like that. But that's where all the work is put in. The game, the, the game time, when the, the first week in September, that's that's the reward for what you did in the summertime mm-hmm. and everything, and all the hard work, you know, you put in. All the work you put in is in the summertime. The game time is the reward of playing, and week by week you get better and you adjust. But the adjustments we have, like I said here, are are too big to adjust in one week or two weeks, or three weeks. Okay. You guys ready to keep it moving? Absolutely. Ready for the stock up, stock down? <laughs> so, Brendan, you want to explain it? Yeah, a super easy exercise, uh, ladies and gents. Exercise. Or- exercise. <laughs> exercise. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, what SU football should have been doing over the summer, exercising and execution. Uh, picking a player from the offensive, and I loop in defense and special teams together because you'll see a lot of defensive backups who are sure. even starters playing on special teams as well. Um, offensive guy who is trending upwards and you believe will continue to. Offensive guy who you believe is trending down, maybe hasn't been as uh, – hasn't fulfilled your expectations for them. And the same thing in regards to the defensive guys and special teamers. And uh, whoever would like to start, uh, <laughs> I know James is just seeing this for the first time, so uh, yeah. maybe we go with the old, uh, the old adage, uh, age before beauty, and let Tommy go. Okay. All right. I'll get it going. So, so we do, would you want us to – we all kind of do our offense stock up? I think all of our stuff can be very similar, honestly. Mm. I, 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 so I think so. That, yeah. I, I think stock- I'm going to throw a little loophole in it always. But. All right. Offense stock up, I think we're probably all on the same page here. Laquin Allen. I, I knew I, – I saw you write that down, and the only other person that I could also think of. Easy. Jeez, dude. It's not a test. Um, and because of I that, would let you cheat if we, <laughs> if we were doing a test. I so appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. So, like, that, that's a true friend right there. Teacher um, says that's not acceptable. <laughs> I ride for my guys. Brendan is the teacher. Um, the only other person who I also put down was was Dan Valari. 
I really yeah. thought, I, I thought that's somebody you could that. put in as someone who was trending upwards, who we've seen a lot from, who some people even thought did better than originally expected. And I could see him continuing to make an impact as the season goes on. But absolutely, LaQuint Allen seems like the easy answer there. How about you, James? I agree with you, said right there. I mean, I was 100% Allen. And, and and guess what? He's a guy that's already hit 500 yards. So we could see a 1,000-yard se- season from him, which I don't know if many people expected. I think there was, there was definitely expectations for him, but to, for him to hit that mark would be a huge, well, huge milestone. Well, the reason why I say Allen, though, is because if you can't throw the ball, what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is common sense now from, for myself, and as being you know, in football for a long time. If you can't throw the ball, the guy's not blocking up front. All you can do is hand the ball off, and the guy gets – you know, hopefully break something with his own athletic ability with the subper blocking up top. Mm-hmm. And the players tell us and the coaches say all the time that it's like we're just starting to scratch the surface on what he pulls off in practice. So that's I mean, the case. He's such an athletic Keep it bringing kid. It out. You know, I, yeah. you know, when I watched him in the summertime, I, th- I felt really excited watching him. I, I felt like he had something very special. And, and he's you know, so different from Sean, right? It, it's uh, completely different. Uh, I love the way he runs. Uh, but he needs help out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, one person can't do it. You need all the guys out there on the same page. And we just haven't seen that when they play tough teams. When they play the easy, easy teams, they're throwing the guys all around, you know, driving them back 10 yards. You play the tough boys, it's the complete opposite. <laughs> they're on your side of the ball, and you're, you know, you're scrambling around and stuff like that. Right. So uh, we're, we agree on Allen. Also, you're right. It can't be an individual effort. But what about that one run he had? against FSU where he truly just trucking through guys. Barreled. Yeah. That, that uh, was one of my favorite plays of the game. Yeah. Felt great. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Offense, stock, down. You want the errors? Hit us with it. I put Damian Alford for this one. Mm -hmm. I think that he's someone who started off the year really strong, and he had some great plays, and he showed how his frame could be really useful, and we saw what things he was able to accomplish. And I think since that point... Again, kind of like what you said, it's been sort of tough to get him the ball. Hasn't been connecting as much lately. And I also put it not necessarily in a trending down direction so much as this is somebody who needs to step up if they want to see a trend up in the future. I would agree with that. He's also someone that I had written down. And I just wanted to bring out the game-by-game results because you go back to Purdue, it was four catches for 70 yards. Army, it was nine catches for 135. And that was that moment where, at that point, we already knew about the Gadsden situation. We said, okay. He's the next guy this, up. He's, he's the next he's guy stand, up. He, that was a statement saying, I'm WR1. Yes. But since then, Clemson, one catch for 35 yards. UNC, nothing. Nada. That's crazy. And then Florida State, a little bit better, two catches for 37. But that's got to change. And you could make the argument that that's maybe more on Schrader not seeing him. You could say it's the O-line not giving pass protection. But end of the day, if if you're going to be that guy, you got to make sure that you're staying and finding ways to be that guy, whether it's yes. coming back to the ball, changing things up, just dogs find way to be dogs. Well, yes. and even like you even – you even said this kind of, but the idea of, oh, he's that guy. 
He's that dude. I feel like if you're going to hold that title of that dude, one of the things that you have to have is consistency. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how you become that dude is by having a that dude performance game in and game out. Not 100% of the time, but 80 or 90. Then people know you as that guy. Yeah. But again, he has to get the ball thrown to him. Correct. So, I mean, not all on we, him. It's, you know, he, he can't, you know, take the ball from the center. I mean, right. he could, <laughs> but he has to get the ball from Schrader somehow Absolutely. to him. You're right. Yeah. And as for my other guy, that was just Garrett Schrader stuck um, just down at the moment compared to what we saw in the beginning of the year because we know that there's more there. And it just it hasn't felt the same. Zero touchdown throws over these two losses. Completion percentage wasn't actually bad in the UNC game. It was 15 for 21, but it just, again, it felt so stale. And then FSU, that was his, his worst one of the season so far, 42%, 9 for 21. Again, 19, someone... Was it 19 Sorry, nine, 9 for 21. Yeah, but 19, 19 quarterback uh, rating. He had a 19 quarterback rating against uh, Florida State. Yeah, not hot, dude. That's not hot. 19? Not oh, hot. Wow. So this is, the, this is the week, I think, that depending on whatever he's dealing with, if he is dealing with anything, we know how he's tough and he kind of keeps things quiet like that. But hopefully this is one of those things where he's like, man, did my body need this? And he comes back a different person on Thursday. So, defense special teams. So you, I just get skipped. Oh, I'm sorry about that, just James. Go ahead, go ahead. You're stocked down. You're stocked down. This guy. We were talking about. We were talking about Schrader. He's got in the flow. Just, of, I understand. I understand. He got in the flow of it. So, <laughs> I, I'm gonna shake it up a little bit. I'm gonna um, say offensive stock down. I would say offensive lineman. Okay. Because it starts up front. Mm-hmm. It all starts up front, no matter what. It starts up front, and the quarterback, running backs. Uh, running back's a little different situation, but the quarterback has to have uh, enough time to uh, throw the ball <laughs> and do the do necessary things to get the guys in the right uh, formations and stuff like that. So I put the blame on offensive linemen. That is totally the start of it. And once the offensive linemen start uh, blocking and stuff like that, then Schrader will have time to do what he do, does back there and doesn't feel all that pressure. So I really uh, blame the offensive linemen. I hope that, you know, and it's one of those things where it's a unit that's figuring itself out. And well, when are you going to figure yourself out? Well, like that's the well, whole point. Well, the point I, I is though, but the guys are that. getting, but the guys <laughs> are getting plugged and played, and I know how different it can be once we're it's after like during the season. And you were talking about figuring stuff out. The stuff should stuff have been out. figured out a long time right, ago. Right, but it's the same five from that start has been moved around. Guys are flip flopped. I feel like when you're next to a new dude, that takes time. But you're, I mean, you're right in the sense that there is no time. There's it no, has to happen. Time to it has to happen now. But they got the summertime to figure this stuff fall out. That's the whole point I was saying. Agree with you on that. Sorry, I'm I'm hot, man. No, I get it. This I is, get this it. is unnecessary, it and it's like it's embarrassing. The the city's embarrassed, alumni is embarrassed, fans embarrassed. We got Keith Bullock saying that uh, Syracuse, uh, please don't show Syracuse on TV. I, I feel the same way. It's embarrassing. I went to school here. We all went to school. Here. We all have pride. You guys have pride. We're we're talking about them, and it's like they're not helping us at all. <laughs> they are not helping us all. They're making this very hard for us to say anything positive. And I hate to speak negative about Syracuse, but. Uh, the shoe fits. You gotta you do what you gotta do. I mean, you gotta be honest to the fans. You know, let's keep and you staying. I think everybody yeah. appreciates the honesty. So feel free to speak away. Continuing let's, on. Let's continue with those vibes and let's go defense special team stock down then. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is the hardest category for me. Like this was the one that yeah. I actually struggled to write down anything because I don't. I don't. Listen, they, there's room for improvement, yes. but I don't think that there was any one particular person from from players to coaches who are truly trending down. So the only name that I could think of to write was Brady Denneberg, and it's not even because I think that he's necessarily doing a bad job. I just thought that Andre Schmidt was better, 
And I think that now Brady Denneberg has to just do a little bit more just to get up to that level. But clearly, Dino Babers does have high aspirations for him because he does think he can kick it a pretty far distance based on the things he's had him trot out to, to try. Yeah. I, I would say so. I mean, again, it's this one. I I just don't really have a stat. Like I just don't really have one. It doesn't feel like on offense that feels warranted, but on defense, yes. but I just, the defense is going to do so much. And it's like mm-hmm. you know, if the offense is not putting you in good position, and your special teams are not putting you in good positions at all, uh, your back's against the wall. You know, yeah. where some of the punting was bad. You know, in the year earlier in the year and all that type of stuff, and their backs against the wall, and you know they showed up against those teams. But when you're playing tough components like these components that we were playing now like you you i mean it's you got to play a football you know yeah. to win a game the worst you could do is b football you know what i'm saying i mean we're not even there b we're we're, we're on the very very low end of the f column and uh it's just every year it's the same thing it seems like it well, not to mention also, I feel like, first of all, from a physical standpoint, think about how much time that Yuna has spent on the field, like yeah. in the past three games. That's what I think about. I'm like thinking about how taxing that must be physically, but also emotionally, mentally. I mean, yeah, like, of course, I never played football, but I played on a team sport. I know what that feels like to either be like, obviously, for me, I was a goalie. I was a defensive player. Like, I know what that feels like to continue to feel like you're letting the team down and you're letting in goals the same way they're letting up touchdowns. But it's because if the ball's always on your side of the <laughs> yeah. field, there's honest to God only so much that you can do, right. right? And that's why it's a team sport. And that's why it's never necessarily any one person's fault yeah. is because you have to work together to solve these kinds of big level problems. Yeah. And this isn't a stock down, but this is more of a, uh, I, I know there's some fire in them and I want to see it come out every single game is, is I want more from the D line and I want them getting to the QB in the first quarter. I want Darren, I want Caleb, I want Terry, I want T-Lock. I want all those guys really making noise from the start of the game and creating disruption in the pocket. Stock up wise, I mean... Kind of just everything. Everything seems to be clicking with the Rocky Long defense. They yes. they they're doing their part. Um, yeah, right. Two, is, is Rocky Long an option? <laughs> oh, Rocky Long can totally be your your stock up MVP, and I think yeah, that's completely yeah. warranted, especially coming in in his first year. And, and again, it's a defense that these guys knew from last year in the in the three three five. But still, I give him a lot of props from what he's able to do. But my two biggest names: Marlo Wax, Leon Lowry. I'm also going to add to that Jack Stonehouse. This is a guy who came into the beginning of the year with really high aspirations, and he knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish, and I do feel like he has, for the most part, done that. He said he was trying to punt the ball for the most part. Um, what What did he say? I think he said he wanted to try and be like in the 50s for the most part, and I do feel like he's done a good job. I feel like he's pinned a lot of teams down into a difficult situation, which is not something we always had consistency with the last time around last year. I believe he's at like a 46, and he had a rough punt or two in the Purdue game, but really he's corrected it. Yeah, there was some. it was a little shaky a little bit in the beginning part of the punting, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the kicking game, I mean, you know, he missed a field goal. Um we have a good uh, uh, snapper, though, I guess, right? Yeah. That's a po- positive thing. Positive I mean, look, thing? I mean, positive. When you're not talking about them, that's when you know when it's going good. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. the other thing that's nice about Denenberg, too, is in sometimes with Andre Schmidt, I don't know if he really had the boot to do it, but if you're if you know Bob Legoshevsky or, or Dino saying, we don't want them touching this, he'll put it out of the end zone every single yeah. time. So that's good that mm-hmm. that option is on the table. You know who else? One other name I want to throw sure. out there. Justin Barron. 
And not to mention, I thought this was, I don't know, I just thought this was like a dog alert move that the last game around, I saw in a picture on the Syracuse football Twitter that he's wearing a cast. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, he's playing with the cast on. Like, wow, you know, I mean, that. I feel like that just, that takes a lot physically, mentally, emotionally to be able to be out there. You're obviously in some pain and he's still getting his thing done. I also really liked his answers in the post-game press conference. I felt like he's the kind of dude who takes accountability, recognizes the problems, wants to be a part of the solution. You, um... You just had me reminiscing about something. Last night I was watching an NFL game, and my wife said to me, uh, oh, my God, that dude's out there playing with a broken finger. I didn't know they could do that. And I just shook my head. I just said, oh, my goodness. It was the quarterback. It was not throwing hand. And she's like, they, did, you ever, did you ever hear that before? And I'm just like, I just shook my head. I just... Just shook my head and said, oh, honey, um, You're like, honey, just, my, just, my head was half off my body. Wait, I know. I'm thinking just, out of, like, this guy's, like, I, always yeah. there's something going on. I just shook my head. I said, do you really know sports? Like, just, just watch the game, please. Just watch the game. But it was, I mean, you're going to play with injuries. Injuries are going to happen. And, I mean, you're going to have bumps and bruises. And, you know, that you're right. And it takes a tough guy to do stuff like that. But, uh, it, you know, Syracuse, we talk about stock up, stock down. You know, as a whole group. You know, even with the coaches, some of the decisions that Dino's made over the past three games, uh, somebody would disagree with. And I forget what happened in the Clemson game. Something happened in the Clemson game when they kicked instead of going for it or did something. It was something ridiculous. They should have kicked the field goal, but they ended up going for it. Um, and it was a one-score game. Uh, I mean, little things like that. And you know something that you had me laughing, though, and you said that one person can lose a game? Well, not so much for Syracuse, but one person can lose the game. And just think of the Miami game, Hurricanes, when they didn't take a knee. Listen, it can so, clearly, I, so, no, I mean, it definitely and, can, and, even in a team sport, believe me, as a goalie, I know. Like, if I lost the game, I know it. Yeah, so you're right, you're yeah, right. You know that. Psychologically, you, psychologically you know that. If you drop the, if I fumble yeah. the ball on the one-yard line going in, right. I, I lost sure. the game for the team. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we had yeah. the whole game to play, but I lost the game. I, when it, they depended on me, I dropped the ball on the one-yard line, and we, I lost. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, you put it on your shoulders, like, you know, I don't know how Schrader does because when Schrader wins games, it's all you know, it's all about Schrader. You know, we talk very highly of him because he does very well. But when he loses, when they lose the game, I mean, as as a person, I would take the same responsibility and put the same weight on me. Yeah, and you have, I mean, listen, it's a very high pressure position. Honestly, that's why I brought up the goalie experience because I think that being a goalie and being a quarterback is very, very similar. 100%, yes. When, when you're playing well, everybody's thinking about you as the hero and when you're playing badly, everybody's viewing you as a villain, but either way, you are always in the spotlight. Yes. And you do have to take a lot of accountability in that position. I think it's something he does very well and he always takes accountability and he shows up to the press conferences and he has a great attitude. But I just meant more in the sense of with this team situation because we talked about the fact that these are macro issues, big picture issues. That is a team effort that it's going to take to fix. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. I can't remember what it was that bothered the fans in the Clemson game. I really can't. Because I, I, as I knew, I do know a few years ago it was the it was the one that they did go for the kick. I believe on a fourth and one, we lost. They lost yes. seventeen to fourteen. North Carolina and Florida State. The biggest thing that stuck out was almost the same thing. Where in the North Carolina game, they were already down. I think they were at midfield and they opted to punt. And then this past game, most recently, it was they were down twenty four to three and went for the field goal. Yeah, and so it's the it's the aggression. And I feel like it's almost flip flopped over the last six, seven years where there was almost a little bit where some people wanted 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 the coach to be more conservative in these moments. <laughs> but he was aggressive. And, and in this like, one in this one, it's it's they're they're asking for the aggression. And in those yeah. two moments, completely, completely warranted. 
And gosh, it would bother me. It would bother <laughs> me if I was playing and we and we went for a field goal there, man. It really me too. would. Me too. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, hopefully, we all we can do is go up. I mean, yeah. we obviously can go down too as well. Let's be realistic. Uh, you know, they could crap the bed or they, mm-hmm. you know, get it together somehow and come together as as a team and uh, figure figure something out for the next uh, five six games. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that that's for next week. I think on to Brendan's trivia on that. Let's no. do it. <laughs> Let's do it. That was uh, Florida State fans are going to love the fact we brought up that Miami thing too. Weekends row. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Knowles Nation. Right? Like, oh my god! Yeah, Knowles Nation went they nuts. They absolutely pounded the the click button on that last week's episode. Five thousand views. It's so true. Five thousand okay. views. So thank you so much, everybody who tuned into the last episode and who continued to support us because that was an all time high for us by a mile. And we're only getting started. The best is yet to come. Absolutely. Uh, you know something, too? I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Florida State, too, as well. Might as well. I like their band. Their band. Their band, boy. Their, their band be going. And, and when, you know, <laughs> they got I, some energy, I, man. I, I took a visit down there. I yeah? took a visit down there. It just wasn't my taste. Uh, Dope you know, Campbell? It wasn't uh, my taste of what everything going on down there. But, um, you know, that band, once that band starts rocking, I feel like the players feed off of that. Yeah. You know, the, the players feed off of that, and the, the fans are going crazy. And it just showed. I mean, once that ball start rolling, there was nothing serious going to do to stop it. It's a great environment. They got great players. Great environment. Jared Verse, man. Well, he's a dog. That D lineman, kid from all U Albany, he's something else. But yeah, shout out to Florida State fans. Shout out Syracuse fans. Everyone's did, been helping us well, out. Well, Florida State did. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate I had to say it that way, but they did. They, yeah. They, they mean they they took care they, of business. Took care of business, and they have a goal, and they're trying to reach their goal. Yeah, and we're also setting records with people listening, by the way. It's not just a YouTube show, Sam. It's not just a YouTube show. Be posting the podcast link, too. <laughs> Sam loves YouTube. <laughs> I, I, I love YouTube, but I know I appreciate the listeners That's a Gen as Z-er much as the you. watchers. Everybody. Yeah. I, I show my love to anybody who supports <laughs> us. No discrimination against the listeners. You, you mean as much to me as the watchers. That means the world. Well, uh, to them. Producer Brendan's Trivia. Okay, guys. SU obviously on their bye week since joining the Atlantic Coast Conference, <laughs> the beloved ACC. SU has beaten four other conference opponents when coming off of their bye. Name all four and one thing they have in common. Say that again. I really wasn't listening. Sorry. I was. Story, I was, story of my I, life. I was thinking about the way he just made me <laughs> sound to all the listeners. Story of my life. I did not mean, <laughs> I did not mean to come across as, just shamed me. as as mean, but Sam Sam does forget to post the podcast link. And She's just like, watch us. And I'm like, watch or listen to I'm us. Sorry. Sam, it's and, a podcast. And, and Tommy, you I'm obviously sorry. forget to listen to your producer when he's talking to you. Hmm. Uh, since Joy- You say something, Brendan? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, this Brendan. This guy. By the way, I, I put a jab at your beloved Temple Owls. Yeah, I read notes. that. I wasn't going to read that out loud. And, and, and they're going to beat them this weekend. Uh, yeah, everyone's beating them, brother. Everyone's beating them. Get get used can to it. Could we get on the schedule somehow? Get, uh, oh, get Temple <laughs> on the schedule? <laughs> we might as well. Bring it back to the Big <laughs> East days. <laughs> try to get a W. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, since joining Everyone the take a- it easy on my own. Thomas. Since joining the ACC, Syracuse has beaten four other conference opponents when coming off of their bye, meaning Syracuse's bye. Name all four and one thing they share in common. Four teams they've beaten com- uh, in conference, right? Yes, coming okay. off of a bye. Coming off of a bye, got it. Okay. Are we teaming up today, or do you all want to give separate answers this time? Um, I got Roman eyes. Roman eyes. 
Oh, Roman eyes. <laughs> All right. My, my, it doesn't, I, it doesn't I, matter. I, Mongrel's going to cheat either way. So. Let's team. Let's Mongrel's team up. Mongrel's going to say he has a he had the answer from the start. Like <laughs> I, I will say as well. That's what I put. I, I put I, NC State. I, I, no pressure. That wait, was you last said, year. wait, you said conferences though. No pressure. Super pretty team, teams in the ACC that they've are that they beat coming out of the bye week. Look, no pressure, guys. Okay. Our other super producer Rachel Culver got this on the first try. Okay. Whoa. Well, I I think I already I think I already have it because I know it was NC State last year coming off, and based on the other three, my guesses are all teams in North Carolina. So mm. I'm gonna go Wake. I'm gonna go UNC, and uh, is there a fourth North Carolina team? And Duke. I hate you. That, you know something, Tommy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a group effort right Bang. there, baby. That's <laughs> right there. Teamwork, teamwork. There is no group effort there. Did I not say it was going to be a group answer? Group you, answer. It's not a, it's a, it could be a group answer. Tommy, it's not a group effort. You broke it down North Carolina and filled those four teams. Do you want to know the other team? It was exactly like you walked me through it. Wait, that's the best. James Walker goes, nice, everybody. We got it. We got a team effort. Real quick. Real quick. For a singular bonus point. Individual answers. There's another thing that these teams all have in common. North Carolina, Wake, Duke, UNC. North nothing. Carolina, nothing about like the colors. Wake, Duke, UNC. Oh, were they all the last four teams that Syracuse played slash lost to in the ACC tournament in basketball? No. I, was like, I think I was that's like, actually. Wow. I think that's actually kind of right. Actually, true. All that, four that, teams that's, are. On the bottom of that makes Lixendine. That is true. So that, that's, that's not it either. Well, that's, well, that's actually, that's, I mean, that's, that's right, true, though. though. That's a true answer, yeah, am I right? Yeah. yeah. I get a half a point. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Sam, uh, do you want to throw an answer in there real quick? What they have in common? I got, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, they are four of the original charter members of the ACC. Oh. Okay. okay. Does that feel good? Did that feel good for you to get that? Shh, Tommy, shut up. Move we on all to got basketball. points there, so we should all be good. Move yeah. on to yeah. basketball. Checking in on Syracuse basketball orange tip-off happened this past Friday. We had media day, and Sam was there for Adrian Red Autry to ring in this new chapter of SU Hoops. James, I know, is excited for it. What was your What was your biggest takeaway from media day? Felicia Lee Get Jack not there. We're wishing her the best. She went through a medical procedure. It's all we we learned but uh deja fair named the lieberman watch list given to the nation's top point guard so take it away i mean the thing that stuck out <laughs> to me is so on the women's side i appreciated the fact that a lot of the people who made last year in flj's first year so great are going to be back again you have deja fair and you have elena rice and you have georgia woolley and a lot of the household names who made last year so special so i think there it's some of that consistency and it's players who are building upon their performances from last year on the other side on the men's side i felt like it was told it was the opposite of that which was exciting it was the transfers and the new freshmen and other people who could be impact players who we haven't seen a whole lot of on syracuse so far that was my biggest takeaway and i'm forgetting his name right now but i want to bring it up the seven, the seven four dude. Naheem McLeod. Naheem yes, McLeod. that's what I want to talk about. Who's apparently I, still so growing. I want to see. I, Naheem McLeod, see. man. I just have to say, like from an interviewing standpoint, when they bring all the guys out, like you, he just had me like astounded. I'm looking up here, like, and I'm with I'm with Dale, who, by the way, for those who don't know, listening on the podcast, is one of our coworkers, who's who's a dude who's you know may, maybe what 
like five seven or five six he's holding the big camera looking up at this Naheem McLeod I was like his back has to hurt so badly Dale's right now. for the team man Dale Ryder dies absolutely and he, he was the nicest guy like hey how you doing Naheem McLeod like the lowest like coolest deepest voice I was like this guy is awesome just a huge wingspan he was taking pictures with people that is somebody who you just you get the sense that that the fans are going to be really excited to see this guy in action and so am I yeah so let's, let's talk about that guy because I saw in the paper <laughs> and he looks humongous Humongous. Uh, you looked, can't even imagine. So, so he's seven four. Is that one of the tallest guys we ever had at Syracuse? Yes, I believe I saw be. Mike Waters do something on that. That maybe it, or it maybe this was just like where does he rank in college basketball right now? He's like first or second. But I'm just trying to get like a sense of how big he is. How big was the <laughs> guy from Purdue? The kid oh, from Purdue, Zach Eady. Uh, Zach Eady is seven. I think he was like seven three, seven four two. Yeah, about he? that. Well, oh, that's great then, because that's I mean that <laughs> that dude was a mama. Like, real, was, and, it and was, it's like you know in your head what seven four looks like about. But he's you seven really, four. You have also, to he's see back. it to believe it. And I'm, I'm, my buddy Rosie, uh, Rosie Bowie, he's uh, I think he's seven one. Definitely seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Rosie. I mean, how how seven. tall are you? Uh, not that tall. But I'm like six two, six like, three. Like with six shoes. two. Yeah. Like I'm six. Imagine, I'm six I'm, foot. I'm just saying, it's like even like a foot past him. That's how tall. I'm just like, that's just crazy. That like seven four people even exist. In the world. How about Autry? How big's his shoe? <laughs> oh, probably huge. Twenty two, twenty three. He's probably in the twenties. <laughs> right. Um, Autry. You know what? He he was he was great. He came out. He. Um, he he did sort of like a press conference style yeah. where he was able to talk to every about everybody about what he was excited about. Biggest thing I took away from what he said is expect to see some change. He's like expect to see some change across the board. Of course, one of the biggest changes he's like we will be playing some man to man, man, man defense, defense, and he knows everybody is excited about that. Um, but I, I I just got got the vibe that there's a lot of juice and a lot of talent there, and that these guys want to work really hard for him. I got the vibe that even though it's his first year in the head coaching role, all of the players who he brought in felt 100% confident being behind him and, and coming to play for him. And then even just you know the players who have been with him before, they, they trust him and, and they thought that he brought out the best in them. Yeah, man. Last of two notes. Who do you think has a better chance to make March Madness this year, the men's or women's team? Whoa. It's I a think, good question. I think it's a they, really I think good they question. Both I think they both make it. I think they both make it, but if wow. I had to put my money somewhere, I'll, I'll go with the women's team just because they're building on that momentum from last year. I, I really feel like I feel like they're going to be. I it like the year. edge in a second year coach as well. I, I, I like I like Altry. I like Altry's. Uh, okay, I just because it's split. new face. We'll get you know, Brendan's guys, take too. So let's uh, let's get it going, baby. How about you, Brendan? If you had to pick one, I'll go with the women's team too. I. They're bringing back depth of talent and talent who knows how to play together. Plus, mm -hmm. the, the run they were on last year to end the season was uh, one of the bigger stories we were covering at the time. Uh, when was that? That was like circa March of this past year, 2023? Yeah. March, April. It was like, when are they going to lose? Will they lose? And then they lost to Columbia on the road. But, uh, you know, it, I would expect them to get to the NCAA tournament this year after the year they had. 
last year. That's the that's the bar, I feel like, totally. for this year. I like that. Totally. Heck of a run. <laughs> All right, that's the Orange Zone podcast. Brendan Hodges, James Mongrove, Samantha Cross, I'm Tommy Slater. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Billy Whitaker, Cars and Trucks. Appreciate everyone. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Peace. See ya.